world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to the Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Really? We're back? We are back for one more week. For, for now. Man. So, Murphy's up for re-election. Yeah. So the other day, he goes to Newark and he surrounds himself with all of these uh, two-faced anti-gun people. And uh, he holds a press conference uh, that he's going to be enacting all of this additional gun control, uh, even though we're rated, uh, you know, A++ by the Gifford, Giffords, Bloomberg, Everytown, right. you know, organizations with the most restrictive gun laws in the entire nation. Why do they think this is such a good thing? I mean, what, what is such a good political cash I, I don't understand i think it's posturing to his base because it's he's up for re-election and he's but, got uh, jack chitarello and uh phil rizzo on his tail but don't some of m- many of his base come to shoot at your range every day yep yeah but i think he's more catering more to the minority inner city base because uh. well i'm going to go over some of the stuff now so listen Despite stating that most gun crime occurs in New Jersey's major urban centers, Murphy went on to announce proposals whose focus is to restrict legal gun owners statewide rather than punishing criminals. (laughs) Okay? That's right. He talked about that. It's all gang on gang, and it's uh, criminal on criminal, Mm. and guns from out of state, but I'm going to enact all of this stuff and screw you people. So the first thing he's going to ban is anything 50 cal. So what you'll get, muzzle loaders, 50 BMGs, the Desert Eagle, you know. Now, because so many crimes are committed with oh, a 50 so caliber. I mean, it's, it's Let me and Sandy buy a $10,000 Barrett 50 BMG <laughs> and go rob a bank. <laughs> 7-Eleven. <laughs> well, the good thing for optics, you, all you got to do is walk in with it. That's true. Yeah, And they'll just even, give you whatever you yeah. want. Plus, right. you're not firing that fucker. What are those, five bucks a piece? <laughs> you're not firing that much. So he, he stated a 60-minute show because we don't need guns like that because you can shoot a plane down with it. Good luck. <laughs> what, what kind of plane would that be? I don't know. Uh, is, is this a problem all uh, of a sudden a in New paper Jersey? plane? He's shooting planes out of the sky? This is, a, this is an issue in New Jersey? Uh, so, so Been to Camden cows, lately? So 50. <laughs> So 50 cows are the problem. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, the next thing is mandating electronic registration of all ammo purchases. Oh, great. Now, there'll be a tax that comes with that to oh, maintain this database, yes, right? Yeah. Now, so what is this doing? I'm, I've been in the gun industry for 30 years. I've had numerous tracers from the ATF and state police looking for guns. I've never had an ammo tracer. Because you, okay. <laughs> Wouldn't so, that be ridiculous? Hmm. So we're going to fix this problem. A second yeah. problem we're going to fix that doesn't exist. Right, exactly. The next one is a, is, is a classic. We're going to mandate unreliable, useless micro-stamping technology for all handguns to stamp firearm serial numbers on spent ammo. <laughs> okay, so now the criminals will just switch to revolvers. Right, exactly. Or I'll bring my bottom bitch with me and have him pick the brass up. <laughs> That's, that's usually what I think they opt for plan B. Yeah. <laughs> so, listen, California has been toying with micro-stamping technology for about 25 years now. Right. It has not been perfected. It's not repeatable. You're talking about, for you gun people know, could you imagine the tip of a firing pin? You're going to put something that's going to leave an impression on a primer. <laughs> or a rim of a twenty-two. That's going to be a signature. That's only for your gun. And then I can't. What I can't go. I can't buy a firing pin somewhere else, or have a firing pin manufactured, <laughs> or, or take it, it and down. throw it out. I mean, it's just. 
Okay. All right. So uh, the next one is really good. We're going to allow gun manufacturers to be sued for misuse of their products oh, by criminals. There you go. So when a criminal misuses a gun, we're going to sue the gun manufacturer, just like we sue the auto manufacturer when a drunk driver causes harm, right? Right, exactly. Don't we, we do it that way, right? Yeah, or, or no? Or hurts when a terrorist rents a, uh, or I guess it would be a rider, when a terrorist rents a van and mows people down or blows it up. We should be able to sue the truck manufacturer. Of course. The truck manufacturer, the rental company, anybody. So, the tort lawyers like that. Yeah, so again, totally off base, unfounded, just BS. This is the next one. Imposing gun registration on those moving into New Jersey with legal firearms previously acquired. This was a loophole that's been going on forever, and I don't see how this has become a problem, but here's how it works for you people that live in or don't live in New Jersey. If you live in New Jersey, you're subjected to one handgun a month. You have a firearms ID card, mental health background check, blah, 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 blah. Tomorrow you move to Tennessee. You move to, I don't know, Memphis, Tennessee. You're living there three months. You change your registration and address. You get your, I don't know how they purchase guns there, but you let's say you buy 35 guns while you're in Memphis, 34 handguns and one AR-15. And then you decide you want to move back to New Jersey. Registration of those guns is voluntary. Right. And it's only and you and and but they have to be compliant, New Jersey compliant. So anything over, you know, 10 round magazine, if you have standard capacity magazines, you can't bring them. Obviously, the evil features on an assault rifle, as they call it in New Jersey, which is bullshit. But so I don't understand how has anybody ever exploited this loophole and, and moved out of state to buy guns, what to sell illegally on the street? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if they are, I don't. They're not in my. Uh, Again, this is all grandstanding. Yeah. So, what criminal has gone and moved out of state and bought a gun and moved back into New Jersey and didn't register and committed a crime with that? Can I see some data to back that up? It must happen all the time. Uh, it never happens <laughs> because we would hear about it right. because the complicit exactly. corporate exactly. media they would, would be reporting it and beating it down our be, throat. Oh, they'd be megaphones. Here's another one I have a real problem with. Banning gun ownership for all citizens under age 21. So you will not be able to get a firearms ID card and buy ammo or long guns until you're 21 as opposed to 18 like it is now. But you so can you, enlist in the armed forces. You can enlist in the armed forces. They'll give you a gun. You can be a cop. Right. And you won't get a gun. Right. So 21 years old until I can smoke, drink, and buy a gun but at 18 years 17 years old i can drive and 18 years old i can serve my country and vote and and vote and carry a gun so i again now so let's talk about this the data i would like to see from our ag our department of injustice uh from 18 years old to the day before they were 21 how many guns were purchased by those adults those young adults and used in crimes Purchased it, legally. Yeah, legally. Was it more than three? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I, I mean, wait, there's yeah, nine, yeah. 9 million people in the state. I right. want to know this. And how about disenfranchising all the voters from 18 to 21? Correct. You've just, it, it's, this is backwards. Right. Meanwhile, we've had Democrats on Capitol Hill. They want to change the voting age to 16. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's 16, you're certainly mature enough we we have 30 year olds who aren't mature enough yeah now here's another here's the here's the, the slippery slope and i've seen some posts on social media and i want to educate all of you on social media who have posted this he wants to mandate training in order to simply possess firearms mm. okay ladies and gentlemen we all know states different states have training requirements meanwhile we have 20 states now that have constitutional carry right you don't have to do anything and you can just own a gun and carry it on your person. So there are states like Florida and Utah. Some have classroom training. Some have live fire training. Many use the NRA's uh, basics of pistol class as a, a primer before you can carry a gun. Let's forget that, everybody. We're not what, what the governor is talking about is mandating training in order to simply own firearms. Right. Big difference. You should not have to go through training to exercise your Second Amendment right of possession. So let's use some examples here. Our close friend, Declan 
Ryan who runs the marathons? Right. He's legally blind. So what if his uncle passed away and left him five guns? And New Jersey has a mandatory training before he can possess those guns, but as a legally blind person, he can't pass the mandatory training. Right. So he will not be able to acquire those guns that were in his family, even though maybe Declan never intended on carrying those guns, never intended on shooting them. He just wants to keep them because they're family heirlooms. Right. He will not be able to get it now. The other thing is, for you instructors out there, like in Texas, we're going to talk about those turncoats later, you, they think they're going to make bank with mandatory training. <laughs> it is. R- really, really. <laughs> so how many independent people out there in New Jersey make money off of mandatory driver's license tests? Right. Who makes the money on driver's licenses? Just the state. Just the state. Yeah. Okay. Do you think the state is going to let that revenue stream slip through their fingers? Right. We're talking about New Jersey, ladies and gentlemen. They're not going to turn around and say, oh, well, you just have to take the uh, 10-hour or 8-hour NRA pistol course. No, 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 no. We're going to have the state police. We're going to set up a division. We're going to set up a committee. We're going to have an administrator. We're going to have a deputy administrator. We're going to have assistant administrator. (laughs) We're going to have offices. We're all going to get cars, easy passes, junkets, vacations, expense accounts, (laughs) and gas cards. And we're going to come up and we're going to continue to raise the bar right we're gonna say it's six hours then it's eight hours then it's 12 hours then it's 20 hours then we're gonna say it's pass or fail then we're gonna have a shooting component and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that this is a slippery slope no mandatory training in order to simply possess firearms people were posting on my on my feed like I got a problem with everything the governor posted, but I don't have a problem with the mandatory training. Oh, my God. It's not for carrying a gun. It's for possessing a gun. This is where they get us. We've been saying this for years and years and years and years. You cannot give them an iota of an inch. No. Because they will take your entire arm. And some. Yes. You cannot give give anything to them. You cannot acquiesce. You you really cannot give anything to them. So we do not want training for possession. You hear me, everybody? Imagine people that would not qualify because they have some kind of disability or handicap. Or maybe they just don't want to go through the training. See, this is another background of banning. You get, well, I don't want to go to the training and and take my grandfather's gun, so let me just give him to the police department or have him destroyed. Every roadblock they can to stop us from exercising our Second Amendment right. So this is where it gets juicy, okay? Of course they're going to mandate that uh, we sell not-so-smart guns again. Yeah, right. So let's talk about smart guns, ladies and gentlemen. Everything you use in your life, biometric safes, they work perfectly. Your phone, every time you go to unlock that door, they work perfectly. If you feel that way, then a smart gun is for you. You're, you're, you're ready for that smart gun. Mm-hmm. All I, I, I still haven't embraced electronic sights. Yeah, right. I'm 60 years old. Right. I'm doing this for 40 years. I'm right. shooting. I, I'm an iron sight guy. I still have not embraced electronic sights. Batteries don't go dead on iron sights. Correct. So I'm. I can't. Now, what about a what about a electromagnetic pulse? What about a hacker? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. What if you're not wearing mm-hmm. the secret decoder ring? Right. On the the not so smart gun. So again, we're going back to the smart gun one. But this is where it's really cool, Sandy. Two million dollars is being donated uh, to uh, mental health training. Okay, mental health uh, investigation with that guy, Mike Gantesis, an anti-gun guy. And another $12 million in taxpayer funds for anti-gun grants to universities and cities. Oh. All right, now what's that all about? And where's the money coming from? You know what this is all about? He's buying votes. He always does. Okay, you're buy, you're buying votes by giving the money to the inner cities, like free hot dogs and bus rides to go out and vote. That's what they do. That's what the left does. And we can't have this. So money is being thrown around. Uh, and then he wants to organize an, all the anti-gun states to implement regional-wide gun control. Remember... <laughs> Remember what happens in New Jersey doesn't stay in New Jersey? That's right. So <laughs> it's amazing that we're, we're going through this. So, Sand? I'm here. Oh, I thought you dropped out. Cough. 
You cough? Do you have I a did. cough button? I oh, do. I have one too, you but do. I don't oh, you use have it. One too, do I, I have a scratch button? You have a belch button that you've never used. So Pirelli uh, commented on on some of this, and you know he's a pro uh, gun person, but he's also an objective uh, psychologist when it comes to two A rights. And he wrote another two million of New Jersey taxpayer money to Rutgers Gun Violence Research Center. It is always interesting when you see resumes that lead with pages full of dollar signs from doctors trying to help. Quotes. <laughs> Have rec- he goes, I have received exactly zero research funding since completing my Ph.D. 11 years ago. Dozens of publications, countless talks, third book on its way with Oxford University Press. Guess we're just going to have to follow the money. Should be groundbreaking stuff coming for what it's worth. Yeah, right? right? Which is the truth. Millions and millions of dollars being spent. This is the Gun Research Center or something. Anti-violence gun research center. Rutgers Gun Violence Research Center. <laughs> and, and Pirelli knows this is, you know, uh, this is all, all a farce. And Murphy just did this because he wants to be reelected. Okay? That's what he wants. He's he done such a be. wonderful job. Correct. Correct. So let's talk about it. So, of course, Space and Orho and a few other people have come out uh, with uh, counterpoints to this. But Holly Shepsi, who is, uh, took Buko's uh, assembly seat right now and is running, uh, is, she's going to be running for Loretta Weinberg's seat, which should be interesting. Uh, Holly posted this, and everybody should listen to this. That she shoots here, and I had given her crap earlier for red flag law support and stuff, and educated her with that. And I think some of my uh, preening and education has helped. And she wrote, unbeknownst to many people, New Jersey currently has one of the strictest set of gun laws in the entire nation. Anyone who has been through the process of being proved to own a firearm and then purchasing a firearm in New Jersey can attest to the fact that it is a lengthy, time-consuming process that involves many months, fingerprinting, background checks, etc., etc. There has been a recent uptick in violence in New Jersey cities, with one half of all murders taking place in just five cities in New Jersey. Most of these homicides involve the legal possession of a firearm by the murderer. In New Jersey, almost 80% of guns used in crimes are originally purchased outside the state. So what is the governor proposing to do to stop these homicides? His answer is to penalize law-abiding citizens who are not committing these crimes by making it even more difficult to legally possess a firearm in New Jersey by mandating that New Jersey gun owners can only buy handguns with technology that doesn't even exist and by suing gun manufacturers for making guns. Maybe we should focus on enforcing existing laws, such as the one that makes it illegal for criminals to use a gun to commit a crime. <laughs> like every other state that has uh, gun laws does. Under the Graves Act, three to five years in prison, okay? Never, ever enforced. Always Never. the first yeah. thing to drop. Unless, okay? of course, it is a law-abiding criminal, as Knappen calls them. You know, somebody who's just stopped to pee on the way to the range. Yes. So there were some uh, remarks. They, the the uh, press reached out for a few people. I was in a bad mood that day. The press reached out. I didn't respond. Uh, so Scott Bach writes, Unfortunately, these proposals are more preoccupied with the micromanagement of law-abiding firearms owners, who are not the problem, than punishment or deterrence of gun criminals. Truth. Evan Knappen said regulating how residents kept their guns within their homes was likely illegal and ammunition stamps could easily be rubbed off. Okay. Oh, that's the other thing. One of the other things he wants, I forgot that, that we all of our guns have to be locked up, unloaded and locked up in our house. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Welcome to Australia. Now, for all of you out there that wonder where something like this leads, all right, uh, what's the number one state that people are moving out of? Uh, New Jersey? Oh my God! There's n- no way. No. Yes. You really, you no, really think there's no correlation whatsoever. How's this happening? We actually Andy? love the taxes. The taxes are wonderful. Highest uh, real estate taxes in the country. The highest auto insurance. The uh, highest cost of living. 
and the lowest number of freedoms. But what's not to love? So we made three years in a row, okay, as the number one state that people are moving out of. We're also, I think, seven or eight years in a row as the least friendly state to retire, by (laughs) the way. Okay. You know who made number two, right? Uh, New York. New York. Of course. We're doing things right here. And Mm -hmm. Murphy in his press conference, he talks about how people love coming to New Jersey, our beautiful state. Sure they do. So worst state to retire. Sometimes you get what you pay for. If an area's cost of living is really low, it likely means you're sacrificing other aspects, like access to decent health care and a variety of things to do, places to see. On the other hand, some locations are just too expensive for retirees, even if they offer other perks. New Jersey ranked the worst, 50th state when it comes to affordability. <laughs> New Jersey's health care, 33, and the quality of life, 35. Okay, access to the ocean in major cities are decent draws, but New Jersey is expensive and one of the most densely populated states, making for bad traffic and little breathing room. So that was the worst place to retire. So the states where Americans don't want to live anymore. This is number one. Ding, ding, ding. New Jersey. The grass is always greener outside the Garden State as New Jersey retains its number one spot for the third consecutive year. Jersey has been in the top 10 move-out states for United Van Lines for over a decade. Retirement was the top reason people fled in 2020, because you can't afford to die or retire in New Jersey. Ainsley Reynolds told me that. That's right. Okay. Retirement was the top reason people fled in 2020, followed by the desire to be closer to family, which accounted for more than a quarter of the state's outgoing moves. Taxes are a major culprit. New Jersey has some of the highest in the country. Okay. And just about everything else in New Jersey is incredibly expensive. We have high property taxes if you want to live in a decent area. School districts are very closely tied to municipalities. So if you want your kids to go to a good school, prepare to pay for it. Auto insurance, tolls, and most goods and services are extremely high in New Jersey. Okay? That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. So you have somebody like Phil Murphy who comes in, raise taxes, raise costs, raise expenses, pander to the unions, pander to his base. And what happens? We, the third tier, we have to leave. We, yeah. we can't stay. So we talk all the time about what happens in New Jersey doesn't stay in New Jersey. They're, they're on the cusp of getting uh, constitutional carry in Texas. It will be like the 20th or 21st state now that has been falling but that will have constitutional state. And our friend Rachel Malone out there, the Texas director of Gun Owners of America, has been reporting on this on top of it. But guess what happened? <clears throat> A bunch of Texas concealed carry instructors came out and were against the carry. You always say this, and it is so true, that we eat our own at a rate higher than pretty much any single other species. So a letter came, went to the Texas legislators. We are licensed to carry handgun instructors in a Texas public safety. This is a list of instructors below who want gun owners in our community to be vetted, well-trained, educated, and be of sound mind while carrying a firearm in public. This is not about that. This is all about revenue. Right. Okay. They said, do not change a system that is not broken. So the writer, Jonathan, John Crump from Amoland, he published the list of all the instructors <laughs> that signed this letter. God bless his soul. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight, sixteen, twenty-four, thirty-two, forty. There's about sixty instructors that are supposed to be gun advocates, and Second Amendment advocates, and civil rights advocates. And could you imagine the enemy within is going to take that, and they're going to say we want required, required, required. No. So uh, this is going to be a major problem, but you see how we eat our own, right, Sandy? Absolutely. Just like they attacked me as I'm a, a, I'm a shill. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> right? Right. Right. So. Newcomers. <laughs> Pe- people who attacked you were newcomers. These are newcomers. Correct. Who don't even know your history. No, correct, correct, correct. So what else? Uh, uh, 
you know, Murphy comes out, he blithers all of this crap, and then he does another press conference that we're going to stay at 50% capacity, we're going to stay this, we're going to stay that, because he has to keep his foot on us. He has to keep yes. our, his foot yep. on our right. throat 24-7 or he's not happy because it's all about control. All right? And that is the problem we have. So everybody's just going to continue to be fleeing from New Jersey. Now, I always hate hypocrites. And, you know, you'll, I always attack the owner of Facebook, you know, that booster seat bitch. Yeah. Zuckerberg. Right. Because when he goes and goes and talks in front of uh, the Senate and the House, he has to wear a little booster seat. If you don't believe me, just Google it. <laughs> yeah, <it's> so true. <laughs> this guy is anti-gun. You can't post anything pro-gun, pro-self-defense, pro-Second Amendment anywhere on Facebook without it being smashed down. Right. So this is one man, his wife and two children that own massive compounds, one in Hawaii and one in um, uh, California. The... <laughs> The shareholders of Facebook spent $23.4 million on security for him in 2020. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Zuckerberg's company instituted security program includes protection for the billionaire while traveling at home. It also covers the cost of installation and maintenance of security measures at his residences. We believe that the scope and cost of these security programs are appropriate and necessary, the company said in a proxy statement. We believe that Mr. Zuckerberg's role puts him in a unique position. He is synonymous with Facebook and as a result, negative sentiment regarding our company is directly associated with and often transferred to Mr. Zuckerberg. So he his security is two million dollars a month, Sandy. <laughs> Just like ours. He has a two million dollar a month security detail. How could that possibly be? Isn't that isn't that and just wonderful? This is the guy that doesn't believe we should own guns. We should have a right to protect ourselves. But yet he's spending two million dollars a month. Does does it cost that much to, to for the president? I, I you know I don't know. I don't even know if it does. I mean, holy moly! I I can't I can't understand that. I just. I, I just, I've never heard of anything like that. Is there anybody out there that has more expensive security detail, I wonder? If anybody knows or can find out, let me know. So $24 million a year the shareholders and stock payers pay. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I never in my life would have thought something like that. And he's anti-gun, just like Bloomberg. Don't you love the hypocrisy of the first year? Yeah, exactly. You've got to love the hypocrisy. So if we get this new uh, ATF director, David Chipman, who was uh, involved with Waco and Ruby Ridge, you know. Uh, yeah, that's his, uh, that's his resume claim to fame. Yeah. Yes. He took actually like trophy pictures in front of the devastation, mm, Yeah. by yeah. the way. Right, exactly. You know. Where they murdered children. Correct. Now, the ATF has a lot of power because they can just change stuff, wording. And John Crump uh, from uh, Emmeland uh, broke it down a little bit. So there's a couple of things that uh, Chipman uh, that we can see go. Trim Chipman will definitely try to get rid of uh, Latrange, the 1955 ruling that states Gatling guns are not machine guns. Okay, because he's complained in the past that trigger cranks can be attached to modern firearms. All right, so we're gonna, that's one thing. High capacity shotguns holding more than 12 rounds, which we're talking pump shotguns right, in New Jersey, right, right. okay? Um, he'll say that we can, we only have 10 rounds to New Jersey anyway, but he'll, he's going to go after that. He's going to go after what they call armor-piercing pistols, which are AK or AR pistol variants because it's easier to co conceal and you can have, you know, a green-tip ammo, let's say. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's against those. He's also, just like New Jersey, any fifty caliber rifle or any fifty caliber ammunition. <laughs> He also, yep, he also wants a ban. Because it was plane shooting down again. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. He wants a ban incendiary rounds and tracer rounds. He wants a ban the shockwave and the scatter gun, which is the 14-inch firearm shotguns that you see that most indoor ranges don't allow to shoot because people shoot the ceilings up. He also wants to get rid of pistol conversion kits, okay, which they're looking at now where you can put stabilizing bracer or whatever on your gun. I'm not a huge fan of that stuff, but, you know, there's a hobbyist market out there. And 30 years ago, 40 years ago, I was part of that hobbyist market. So live and let live, right? Right. 
Uh, also, large capacity and detachable magazines. He liked to be like California, where the AR-15, the magazine, is pinned in, and you can only load one bullet at a time from the top. <laughs> okay, this is the type of guy that we're going to have to deal with. Right. You know, we're going to be changing the Supreme Court. You're aware of that now, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, going to be great. There's, there's a bill to pack the court, and uh, we're, but Jerry Nadler said we're not packing the court. We're unpacking the court because oh. Trump packed the court. Oh, okay. Of course he did, yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I think that, um, you know, everybody who said we were idiots for suggesting that this was all going to happen, uh, what do you think now? Yeah, what do you think now? For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids, and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids, and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. Okay, and we are back. Housekeeping. Marty's V-Burger. 20% off at martysvburger.com. Check out his chicken sandwich as well as his uh, variation <laughs> of the uh, Big Mac variation. Uh, martysvburger.com. You can pick up at Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park, New Jersey on Freakin' Fridays. The next thing I want to talk about is Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino is available on Amazon, and it's also available at the range here. Check out Evan Knappen's Gun Lawyer podcast. The Quarantine Crawl. Don't leave home without it. Save it to your home screen. Quarantinecrawl.com. 310 Pro 2A businesses, products, and services. Uh, support those who support you. My book dropped, Sandy. The first one came in. I saw uh, that. Earlier this week. And uh, I approved it. And now TSE Worldwide, Sarah, they're in the process of assembling them all. Uh, for everybody out there, it looks like it's going to be right around Memorial Day. Uh, the books are going to come in, 10 skids of books. And I will start autographing and signing, shipping out, and notifying people to come in to buy the books. If you want to buy a book, crimeproofbook.com. You should also buy 10 books. Alexander Ruby and NJ2AS bought 25 books. Good man. I, yes, I think they're going to give them out to people or something. So support oh, those yes. who support Excellent. you. 
Super secret email is sign me up at gunforhireradio.com. I will need shoe size, hat size, <laughs> anything else we can think of. J Factor uh, is working on getting a lawsuit up in uh, into this the uh, Supreme Court. God. Supreme Court and uh, well, New Jersey Supreme Court. Evan Knappen, we're going to talk about. He has a case going before the U.S. Supreme Court, and then the New York Carry case is waiting. Every week, it keeps moved to conference in the Supreme Court over and over and over and over again. We'll save your GoFundMe for the end as a wrap up. Are you okay with that? We're perfect with that. The new range will be opening July. Phase one. Two new ranges, one 15-port member range, one 10-port overflow range. They will have rubber traps. You'll be able to shoot steel jackets, steel core, and green tip ammunition before it's banned again. We will have pop-up quarantine crawl food every weekend. We will have a large lounge and refreshment area, 220 parking spaces, many surprises with a large retail area, a members buyers club, etc. My training team led by Tony and Bob are second to none. And now with more ranges, we'll be offering more training. Uh, There's a lot more to come, a lot of surprises I can't talk about. Uh, When phase two opens, it'll be on the second floor, two more ranges, 6,000 square foot cigar lounge which will be members only support those who support you everybody i'm looking for the napping case right now there was an article written by john petrolino and of course i can't find it because that's how i am he was talking about napping's uh um article and of course i can't find it so i got some people that raffle remember the raffle if you donate to nj2as CNJFO, ANJRPC, SAF, or FPC, any of those five organizations, any donation, $1, $3, $5, $50, each organization you donate to will count as one raffle entry. You can get five raffle entries if you put all five in because all five of these organizations put together and they are suing New Jersey for their unlawful gun permitting scheme. So I got donations this week, many donations, but some honorable mentions. Steve C, multiple donations. Jim T, multiple donations. Dominic F, five out of five. Matt B, multiple donations. Uh, George Y, again, George Y made multiple donations. Again, he's way over the top. He sent me a copy of his Amex blue card showing the donations. If anyone would like to buy his card, (laughs) I have have all of the information. Oh, that's not right. What's so funny? That's just not right. Why? (laughs) George is a good man. Uh, There's going to be a DC Project fundraiser uh, in New Jersey sponsored by CNJFO. Everybody should get on this. The DC Projects fundraiser is going to be Saturday, May 15th in Moorestown, M-O-O-R-E-S. That's South Jersey and partially sponsored by CNJFO. The public is invited to purchase tickets to hear remarks by CNJFO Communications Director and the DC Project Delegate, Teresa Einacker, and her distinguished guests. Joining her will be Dick Heller. The Eye on the Target's Amanda Suffolk, who's the Ohio DC Project Delegate. I was just on her radio show. Top Shot Gabby Franco and a list of many more people and sponsors. You can find out more at dcproject.info. And to go to the event, go on the CNJFO uh, website and check them out, please. The president of CNJFO sent me an email. He wrote, Ant, this is from the New Jersey State Police FARS uh, site. For all applicants submitted after 4-1-2001, the applicant will be able to download and print the electronic firearms ID card for their approval from their approval email. Electric FID applicant will not appear at the issuing police departments to retrieve any firearms licensing documents. Okay, bold red added. Wow. Note that the electric firearms ID is still printable. It's not just an electronic number as the pistol permits currently are. Also, it's not as if the old FID was really durable plastic card like a driver's license. It may, you may as well shove some oak tag in your printer and make your own. He's like, hey, if you could 3D print a gun, why not print an FID? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's from Dan G. <laughs> so, so listen, that's good to know. So you can print your FID card out. 
Everybody after four one, which just passed, so, uh, right? Yeah, is this April still? I have no idea. Yes, you can download <laughs> and print the electronic firearms ID card. All you know right? that's oh, the first sign, don't you? I know. <laughs> I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. Uh, this is another letter from Lou Maffey. The Department of Defense will be monitoring social media sites to identify extremists. Its concentration on right-wing extremists has caused it to miss extremists in its own ranks, okay? Richard Torres Estrada was recently appointed Chief of Diversity and Inclusion, what the hell, of America's <laughs> Special Forces. He was almost immediately reassigned after it was revealed that his social media contained a post where he compared Trump to Hitler, okay? So you got to be, everybody's got to be careful what they're posting unless they're out like me. If you're out of the two-way closet like me, it really doesn't matter at this point. But, you know, this one's an interesting one. This is from my Ben, my, my buddy Ben, uh, Ben Ingersoll. And uh, he talks about he applied uh, for his permits. And he goes, I know you get tons of these questions, but does this seem right to you? The police department contacted him in Montclair and said he had to go there and show them. A, this is for re new permits. He already had an FID card. He's got multiple guns, but he's been calling them a lot, asking them, where are my permits? Where are my permits? All right. <laughs> so now they want him to come in with a government ID, social security card, and original birth certificate. Oh, come on. I've had my FID for years, and I purchased multiple handguns. I've never needed to produce these documents. Also, he only sent this after repeated prompting. I submitted my app online on 1 7, Sandy. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It's over three months now. All right. I told him what to do, and Ben, keep us posted on it because a right delayed is a right denied. So it's another police department where cops are making shit up again. Yeah. Well, that's All typical right. for Montclair, right? Correct. Here's another one from Jim D. Uh, Jim D. says, I uh, was listening to your show last week. And a guy at the end brought up some questions, concerns about the new ID, FID card. I recently did a change of address at Pequannock Township. Took exactly 30 days, okay? And the state police uh, card is download, downloadable for one year. He goes, the state still sucks, but love you, brother. Keep up the two-way work. I'm looking forward to rejoining the new range in July. Thank you very much. You and, see uh, how there's a, there, there seems to be some sort of a, a pattern there, right? Where these smaller towns, the more friendly towns... Um, seem to be doing 30 days in towns like, you know, cities like Montclair and that sort of thing. They're, they're doing whatever they possibly can in order to um, make people's lives miserable. Classism and control. Yeah. I am your boss. Right. I am a law enforcement officer. I am a cop. I'm a clerk. I'm an administrator. I am your boss. How dare you You will kneel me. to me. Yeah. Do not bother me and ask me for something that is my job to produce to you. You will get it when I am ready, peasant. <laughs> right. Exactly right. That's what it comes down to, everybody. Classism. We're the third tier. Don't forget it. Add me to your secret list, bitches. Work boot size, 10 and a half. <laughs> Keep fighting the good fight. Love the podcast. Jim T. Thank you, Jim. We love you, too. Excuse me. I'm a little gassy today. <laughs> what? Today? Yes. Remember a while ago we had uh, Jim Lopa. I think it was Lopatiano. He was a liberal gun owner, and he admitted he voted, you know, um, for uh, Biden. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he voted for Hillary, too, as well, right? So uh, he sent me an article that he wanted to publish. His name is John Lopilato, L-O-P-I-L-A-T-O, -L -L -O, John Lopilato, right? So he says, I would love to, I, I would love to get this out there. Uh, do you know where you can get it? So I emailed and I connected him with Freddie from Ammo Land, and Freddie ran his article, okay? Mm-hmm. And he wrote, uh, this is a great hour article. It's in Ammo Land, and the title is, Can You Help Me Join the 2A Fight? Open letter from a moderately anti-gun liberal. And he wrote, two years ago, I was a moderately anti-gun liberal living in one of the bluest states in the country, going on my first trip to the range with a friend to Brenton shoot. That would be my range, by the way. Last year, I became a liberal first-time gun owner, and this year I'm starting to fight against my party in New Jersey to gain access to my constitutional right to carry a firearm. Hmm. So what exactly happened? Well, a worldwide pandemic causing a spike in crime around my house sure has a way of changing one's perspective. As the police got stretched in and the grocery stores went bare, I observed the following this past year. A murder occurred at a hotel within a mile from my home. Robberies at retail locations were up stretching 
uh, the local police thinner than they already were. Various shopping centers, we regularly frequent it. Now we've been aggressively accosted, others, accosting others for money and getting threatened, uh, threatening when refused. This happened to me. My neighbors found a homeless encampment in a small patch of woods behind our homes. Isn't that great? <laughs> Two people were held at gunpoint in an ATM at the bank I use around the corner from my house. Damn. He goes, you might think I live in a dangerous area, but I actually live what Money Magazine called one of the best places to live in 2020. If you look at the overall stats, my town doesn't seem particularly unsafe, but the pandemic has seen crime go up everywhere. The lesson I learned from this is that you never know when you might be in a situation to defend your life no matter where you live. New Jersey is technically a may-issue state for concealed carry permits, but in reality is a de facto no-issue state. Well, welcome to our world. <laughs> if you are not already politically connected or have enough money and the knowledge of who to donate to, personal protection is not a good reason to carry a gun. Where I live, this is a right People who live as little as 20 miles away in Pennsylvania are guaranteed if they pass a background check because PA is a shell issue state. I've changed political positions <clears throat> on various issues in dramatic ways over the course of my life, and the surest way for that to happen is, to, is for me to catch my side lying or acting hypocritically. Well, both sides lie and act hypocritically. Yeah, but on the gun yeah. issue, your, your side lies a lot more than ours do. On the gun issue. When it came to gun issues, I found that the data does not support the gun control laws being proposed. There is no issue where, there is, where, where, where this is clearer than when it comes to concealed carry laws. And, man, let me tell you something. John went through all of the data, Sandy. There's graphs in here from the FBI's website and everything. And he arrives at a conclusion that Florida was one of the first states to allow concealed carry in 1987. In 1987, the murder rate in Florida was 11.4. The latest year, 2019, the murder rate in Florida was 5.2. Mm. All right. So we can't say it becomes the old West there. All right. Mm. He goes, if we look at the 10 states with the lowest murder rates, you will find five of them have permitless carry. Maine, Vermont, South Dakota, Indiana, and uh, Idaho, and Wyoming. Four were shell issue in uh, I uh, Iowa, Minnesota, Utah, and uh, Nebraska. And one is May issue, where there's a de facto ban on concealed carry. Massachusetts, okay? If you look at 10 states with the higher murder rate, her higher mur highest murder rates, we find four have permitless carry, five were shell issue, and one is May issue. Uh, it's, he says this alone should not uh, be enough to show there is a correlation between carry laws and safety. We roughly have the same distribution of carry laws in our safest and most dangerous states. And then they try to blame population density. And he found in all of his studies that that was not happening. So he wrote the truth about concealed carry and murder rates is it's a lie. It's a lie from the left who are constantly trying to take our the right for ourselves to protect ourselves. It's a, it's a lie. Mm -hmm. And they're just doing it over and over and over again, all right? And this is a this is a problem, all right? Uh, so anyway, we have to address it and he wrote um, with so many states allowing concealed carry, not to mention not requiring overlink burdensome regulations to purchase farm, why not just leave the state? And he wrote there's two reasons. Number one, this is my home. My family moved here when I was 11. I grew up here, went to college here, and established a 20-year-long career here. And their kids love their school and everything. I, I, I get it. That's one of the reasons why I've stayed for 60 years. And then he wrote, carrying is my constitutional right. Hopefully within the next <laughs> few months, the, the Supreme Court will finally adjudicate the split decisions at the federal level. Everybody needs to read this article. And he talks about the Corlett uh, order, um, um, case mm -hmm. that's before the U.S. Supreme Court now that's in its third or fourth fourth week of conference um and it kill it goes on and on and his name is john l-o-p-i-l-a-t-o and you know uh freddie told him that the comments are brutal and of course people attacked him because he's a liberal and this and that but you don't want to know something which is he's, ridiculous he's, right he's pro-gun he's pro-carry he's on our side he's educated he can actually write a sentence okay <laughs> exactly. a lot of on our side can't do that all right uh, they can't chew f solid food either. Because we eat our own. Right. Because we eat our own. How much time do we have left? Oh, about, uh, we got time. Go ahead. Okay, well, I have this uh, learning, and I don't want to miss it. No, you're good. But before I go to learning, I'm going to talk about something else. Okay. Just so you guys know, I always talk about big tech. You know, we don't have capitalism in this country anymore. What, what, what we're approaching now is corpor corporatism. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, just like the turn of the century with the robber barons and yep. then Teddy Roosevelt, exactly. your favorite president, had to get involved and, and dismantle the, the big companies like steel and rail and everything else. It's not capital. You can't say Amazon is capitalism. You can't say Facebook is capitalism. It's corporatism. And, and our, all our politicians are bought and paid on both sides of the aisle mm-hmm. by this. Okay, Absolutely. So I just read this great article in the Wall Street Journal because a lot of people know I'm selling my book direct. I self-published it and I'm selling it direct because my paperback book, which I completely financed, uh, if I put the paperback book on Amazon, they get 70% of your profits. That's right. When I put the Kindle and the Audible version on, they get 80%. So you only – now they own 87% of the book market, Amazon does. Barnes & Noble owns about 5%, so that's 92.5%. So you only have about 8% left for independent booksellers and other avenues. So where are you going to sell your book? Right. Okay. So listen to what Amazon does. Last year, uh, smart thermostat maker Echobee, okay, was uh, putting their devices – on their uh, on Amazon and Amazon asked them for their Alexa platform they wanted all of the data on the voice enabled devices that people were like if you talk to your thermostat and say lower it to 60 or whatever mm-hmm. yeah Amazon was strong arming Echobee for the data of an item that they were selling on their site to use for another Amazon product Alexa <laughs> yeah right so how does that make you feel yeah it's great. All right, so they're using one facet. This is why they need to be broken up, because you're using one facet of your business to strong arm to make money on another facet of your business. Right. And since you're the largest online platform, where else is Echobee going to go? Right, exactly. If you're not right. on Amazon, you're not. So anywhere. they refuse to do it, and now when you search on Amazon for voice-activated thermostats, they don't come up as high, and the company is suing because they pay more money for Amazon advertising. All right? Now... Another company, I've seen these a million times. Have you ever seen these things called pop sockets? It's a socket that goes yeah. on the back of your phone. Yep. All right. So pop sockets sells on Amazon, and they sell a ton of these little friggin' things that I have no use for. And basically, Amazon told PopSocket that they need to spend more money on Amazon advertising so that th- their ads would pop up and their, they, Amazon would help them secure anti-counterfeiting devices on Amazon. So pay us more advertising yeah. and we'll make sure that there's no counterfeits. You know how uh, that ha- – you know who started that? Mm, the mafia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, pay us for protection. Right. All of this flies in the face of antitrust. Absolutely. Okay. It all flies in the face of antitrust. But you know what's not going to happen? Nothing. Because all our politicians are bought and paid for for by by this. So it's it's corporatism. And we're all bought and paid for. And it's not going to go away. I'm telling you right now. But that's how they strong arm you. And, you know, my book will probably get knocked off to Amazon because the rage mob will see that I'm a pro-gun guy and I'll get a billion one-star reviews or something and then Amazon will pull it. I'm fully I'm fully prepared for something like that to happen, you know. So that's why I'm just going to continue selling it through my platform, my hooks, my friends, my family, followers, and everybody else, you know. So this is what I, you know, this is definitely the situation that we have to address, but it's never going to happen because none of our first-tier elected officials will do anything because they go to cocktail parties with Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos. That's right, and his underlings, and they're funded. Their campaigns are funded, and they're, they're, they they their lobbyists are standing outside, first in line, standing outside. They have they have an office in their office, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, every week now I'm going to be like uh, Mr. Rogers, and I'm going to read an excerpt from my book. Like, hold on, I gotta, <laughs> put, I gotta put my, I gotta put Where's my sweater, sweater yeah, on. I'm putting right. it on. Okay, Rich, am I putting my sweater on? on. Richie's oh. putting my sweater on for me. <laughs> okay, he's putting it on for me. Chapter sixteen, page two thirty nine, is senior safety. So let's talk about this scam that just happened. This was in NJ.com because we talk about senior safety. A Bronx, New York man was sentenced to five years in, in state prison Monday in a so-called grandparent scam. He stole $142,000 from eight older New Jersey residents. Good Okay. Point. 
Uh, Osvaldo Thomas, 41, pleaded guilty to second-degree theft by deception charge on February 19. He was sentenced Monday. Uh, in pleading guilty, Thomas admitted that he had participated in a scam commonly known as grandparent scam, in which a caller claimed that the victim's grandchild was in jail and that he was an attorney representing the grandchild. The attorney general's office said in a press release the caller told the victim that in order to get their grandchild out of jail, they needed to provide him with large sums of money for bail. <laughs> okay. Nice. The thefts occurred in April and May of 2020 during the COVID pandemic. And in at least one case, the victim was also told that the grandchild had the coronavirus. We got to play off people's fears, right? Unbelievable. The eight victims gave Thomas or another individual who posed as a courier to pick up the funds. This was a good one. Usually it's gift cards. This they used a courier, okay? Between $10,300 to $27,000 per victim. The, re the victim's residence spanned the state. Clifton, Cherry Hill, Wantage, Boundbrook, Gloucester, uh, Fairlawn, South Brunswick, and boom, Essex Fells. A lot of rich people live in Essex Fells. Yeah. And somebody got grandparents scammed. All right. Grandparent scams cause losses totaling in the tens of billions of dollars each year to victims in the United States. This prison sentence sends a message, blah, 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 blah. Listen, the grandparent scam is an old, old scam. Yeah. All right. Scammers try to prey upon uh, grandparents into a hoax where the scammers pretend to be a grandchild who needs emergency help. They, now, how do they find these people? How do they find these elderly people? How do they find them? Right, they find them because they post online. They find them because maybe they deliver to their house. I want. I'd love to know what Osvaldo did for a living. How he got yeah, these right. people. You, you, you know what I mean? Right. I want to know how he found grandma and grandpa because you know he had to find people that he knew were a little feeble, little skittish, little old, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You notice none of the addresses were Newark or Camden or Asbury Park or no. They <laughs> they go for the money. So. Right. So this one, we're going to call this woman Ella. She was too embarrassed to share her name. All right. Ella, 81 years old, received a phone call from someone who said he was her grandson. He was in big trouble in Clearwater, Florida, having had an automobile accident. He said, please don't tell his parents, and he needed financial assistance. Ella said in a police report he sounded so desperate and said that the man he, he would put on the phone was from National Auto Rental. The man who called himself Michael Burgess came on the line and explained that he could set payment for the damage. He would be willing to overlook any paperwork if I could send $1,500 to get the repairs. Burgess then gave the payment instructions. Listen to this. I've never even heard of this. Purchase three $500 Green Dot Money Pack gift cards, which could be found at a Rite Aid. What the hell? Oh, man. So they knew exactly where. Yes. On the back of the card, there's a scratch-off area with many numbers, and I was to read those numbers off to Mr. Burgess. A signal should have come up. Ella, 81 years old. Right. You should have called. I know you don't want to get your grandchild. Everybody listening, if you have parents that are hard to raise or grandparents that are hard to raise, you need to have this talk with them. That if somebody calls and says it's little Johnny or little Eddie or a little Egbert or whatever, <laughs> you you gotta you gotta stop and pull yourself out of it. Okay, right, right. so she went and got those. She got and she gave him the numbers. So now once you give them the numbers, they cashed the fifteen hundred dollars and it's gone. Right. Okay, so then. He tried to do it again. He told her we need another fifteen hundred dollars. Go get three American Express gift cards from Rite Aid or Target. Okay, yeah, she bought one. Her American Express card stopped it because she was charging three five hundred dollar charges. Yeah. So instead, she went to the bank to withdraw money. She oh. told the bank teller what she was withdrawing the money. The bank teller said, "You are being scammed." Ella, right in the office, of, right in the office of the bank, called her son and found out that her grandson was home and safe. <laughs> and then she called the police. The police came to the bank. And then, of course, when they tried to call Mr. Burgess up again, eh, 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 <laughs> okay? So this happens. Now, how many people does this happen to that never even reported? Because they don't, right. they're too embarrassed that is the whole to thing. tell people yep. they're scammed, right. okay? This, listen, you could make this a lot easier. Give me your credit card over the phone. But gift cards are impossible to trace, obviously. Right. I, di I didn't know about this. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So all she got back was American Express credit her $500 for the one charge. But the initial $1,500, she lost. You know, my wife used to say that, uh, you know, she used to see a lot of, this is, again, back in the day, you know, more low-tech where, they would show up at her house uh, at the at the person's house and uh, accompany them to the bank 
and um, these people would withdraw large amounts of money from the bank and give it to this person for whatever nefarious reasons, you know. And um, that now it's all high tech, and it's and it was always the. The the key was always that you couldn't tell anyone about it. There was always some story where you couldn't tell anyone about it, or um, you know they had they had just um, the person known to them would say, uh, you know, I just inherited or I just won the lottery, but I have to pay this, you know, I have to pay uh, you know five hundred dollars or whatever it is as a as a uh, you know as a bond for to get this, and then I'll split the ten thousand dollars with you. And and that stuff would go on all day long. Yeah, there's there's so many scams like this, but it's our job to educate our parents and our grandparents mm-hmm. and tell them, listen, this this is a scam. If anybody calls and asking, you can't, you know. And this is a great idea. Why you want? Listen, if somebody's getting older, put a drop cam or put a camera in the house. All right, because you could have heard that conversation. If it was on the phone, I'm sorry, but it, you know, you can, you can, there's, there's ways around this. Okay. Uh, you know, um, I want you to all look at that and educate your parents and your grandparents and keep an eye on them because man, this is, I mean, this woman, 1500 bucks and she was ready to jump another $1,500. It can happen to anybody, you know? Uh, and maybe you think it can't happen to grandma or grandpa, but a phone call in the middle of the night or something, catch them off kilter, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's easy to have it happen. And listen, it might happen and they might not even, they might, they might not even, uh, they might not even tell you. No, they no. They definitely you know I mean? wouldn't tell you. No. Mm-mm. So they're not going to tell you. They're going to keep it secret, and that's another reason why maybe keeping an eye on their finances. But I would love to know more research has to be done. How did that person find the person? Was it just a random call? Is their number listed somewhere? Like older right. people have their numbers listed in the yellow pages still because they have landline phones. Yeah, right, right, exactly. How, how does it how does it work here? So maybe it's a good time to get rid of grandma and grandpa's landline phone or get them a new number. I I, I don't know. There's there's so many options here. This is something I'm going to research even more. Uh, you know, really, really more. So, uh, uh, so that's that. Now I want to talk about required reading again because I like I get requests all the time. Can you f- share with me the required reading list? So the first book you should read is Crime Proof, CrimeProofBook.com. The second book you should read is Decoding <laughs> Firearms. <laughs> okay. okay. The next book you should read is The Behavioral Science of Firearms, Gianni Pirelli. The third book you should read is New Jersey Gun Law by Evan Nappin. <laughs> I would like to, guys, Knappen, Petrolino, and uh, Pirelli, I'd like to do something with all four of our books. Oh, yeah, just package them, absolutely. Yeah, or just package them together for one. Yeah, but I would love to, like, all four of us get together in a new range and sign all the books together. Yeah, definitely. That would be a fun thing. Uh, We'll do a bundle deal. As long as I make a little more than the other three, I'm okay with it. Just even 50 (laughs) cents more. I just want to wet my beak. That's Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. So, ladies and gentlemen, other books that we should all be reading right now because uh, it's bad. The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire by Linton. Mm-hmm. We're on the bottom swing of the curve, by yes, the way. Yes, we are. 1984 by Orwell and Animal Farm by Orwell, Orwell both available in nonfiction <laughs> yes, now. Yes, no, okay? nonfiction. Okay. He didn't, he didn't write those books as a playbook. No, you know. no. Okay. No, uh, the, the next he, he wrote them as a warning. <laughs> a warning. <laughs> yes. the, the next book I would highly recommend is The Jungle by Up, Upton Sinclair. Oh, yeah, very good. Yeah. All right, you really should read that book. Uh, the next book is Lord of the F- Flies by Golding. Yep. Uh, Brave New World by Huxley. Mm-hmm. Common Sense by Thomas Paine. Very good book. Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Oh, you know how I feel about that. You want to learn that the Federal Reserve is not really a government bank? Read the creature, <laughs> creature from Jekyll Island yeah. by Griffin. Yeah, if you if everybody understood what the Federal Reserve is all about, they would, uh, you know, they'd be Pi- rioting in the street. Yeah, pikes, pitchforks, and yes, burning brands. Exactly right. Uh, the Road to Serfdom by Hayek. We're on that road right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, book burning, cancel culture, Twitter canceling. Read Fahrenheit four fifty one by Bradbury. Yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale by Atwood. You want yep. to talk about control? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Uh, read the 1776 Commission, available online. And if you want to watch a real good movie, Terry Gilliam's movie, Brazil. 
Oh. What? You don't like it? I No, I haven't seen it. You've never seen Brazil? No. Mm-mm. Uh, it covers a lot of dystopia, Sandy. Nice. Uh, yeah, I recommend everybody read Brazil because what we have going on right now is in this country is this dystopian society and some of the characteristics of a dystopian society I, I would love to discuss, you know. So what, what do we deal with? Uh, propaganda is used to control the citizens. Right. Information, independent thought, and freedom are restricted. Right. Look up Facebook and Twitter and our government right yep. now. A figurehead or concept is worshipped by the citizens of the society. Everybody worships Fauci and Amazon and, you know, all these for Barack profits. Hussein Obama. Mm, yes. Mm, mm. Yep. Citizens are perceived to be under constant surveillance. We are. We are, yes. Citizens have a fear of the outside world. We are. Yep. Citizens live in a dehumanized state. We do. Put a mask on. Yep. The natural world is banished and distrusted. Mm -hmm. Citizens conform to uniform expectations. Individuality and dissent is bad. Karen is out. Yes. The society is an illusion of perfect utopian world. Right. And what are some of the types of dystopian controls? Number one is corporate control. One or more large corporation controls society through products, advertising, and the media. Facebook, Google. Bezos owns Washington Post. Right. Okay. That, and he owns Amazon. Says, that's right. Bureau, bureaucratic control. Society is controlled by a mindless bureaucracy through a tangle of red tape, relentless regulations, <laughs> and incompetent government officials. If you read Are Anne there Rand, competent government officials? No. Oh. But if you read Ayn Rand and if you, if you uh, read, uh, what's the other one for incompetent government officials? Oh, The Jungle by Sinclair. Both of those will get that. And then we have technological control. Society is controlled by technology through computers, robots, personal uh, electronic devices. Are we not here already? Yeah, we are. We are, we are here. It is a dystopian world that we live in right now. Up is down, down is up, That's right correct. is back, back That's is right. forward. It's it's just it's just crazy. And of course, just what what was it? Stalin said, "Accuse those of what you are guilty of." Exactly right. I mean, we have a perceived weak president. Look what Putin just did. He's going <laughs> yep. back in the, the, the Crimea with Ukraine. Right, right. And, and Biden said, I'm sending two aircraft carriers there. Putin blocked off the Strait of Crimea. And Biden pulled the, the two aircraft carriers back. And said to him, I, I, uh, I advise you for your best, uh, for your better judgment to move everything out. And he did. He ran. So he just signaled to the world. Correct. I'm weak. I'm yeah. feeble. You know Which what I mean? Which he is. We know that. Everyone knows that. I mean, everyone except the United States press is reporting uh, on this guy. But, uh, well, there we are. Are we done? We are. All right, talk about your uh, charity, please. Okay, uh, we are uh, getting care to homebound veterans. GoFundMe.com. VHS of Ocean County, VHS of Ocean County, Visiting Health Services of Ocean County is a nonprofit organization, and we are supplying care to homebound veterans and to uh, families of Alzheimer's uh, patients for daycare. Anything, five bucks, ten bucks, anything you can. I want to thank Lou M. and Steve K. for their donations this week. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it takes about 100 bucks a day to get uh, care to these people, and we are hopefully raising about five grand in this round to be able to provide care to homebound veterans. We love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, listening. Looks like we've done it again. We've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to the Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a kind of community production. The music is in this podcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, crime proof author, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, we do thank you. Stop clicking the window. We do thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Nice. <laughs> 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 to go shine.